This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast. The podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Team Stripes podcast. It has been a while. It has been about a year since I've recorded. Uh, Life got uh, really hectic for myself and Brandon. Um, I worked a heck of a lot of hockey this past year. Uh, Finished my bachelor's degree, started a new job, lots of life-changing events. And that's really why um, the podcast hasn't been on. The last, uh, well, really, since I think August of last year was really the last time we recorded after I went to the symposium. Um, with all the changes in our in in life that I've encountered, and with uh, Brendan as well, Brendan has decided to step away from the podcast. He is still going to be involved in Team Stripes. He will record when he can. But with that said, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our new co-host of the Team Stripes podcast, a guy that I've known for a very long time. Um, He's an OG kind of uh, referee guy with uh, experience in the uh, fishing development program, minor professional hockey, and me and him have similar paths as well with the fact that we both served in the United States military. So with that said, this is our new new co-host. I would like to introduce Mr. Nats. Um, we're captain or major. Wait, you're a major now. <laughs> yeah, a major now, <laughs> so man. Nat, yeah. Nat Swanson. Hey, Nat, yeah. welcome, and it's a pleasure to have you here as our new co-host. Awesome, thanks. Yeah, uh, it's good to be here, man. Good to be back and uh, kind of wearing stripes in the officiating world after taking a little bit of a detour. Um, but I like it. Yeah. Uh, as you said, right. So Ross and I both, uh, have been in the military. Um, uh, I started off in the Marine Corps and then, uh, went to the air force where he was, uh, yep. <laughs> he was from day one. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, looking forward to, uh, kind of discussing stuff with you and, and continuing on, um, maybe helping some, telling some stories about the old days and, and helping some young folks, uh, uh, as well as just, talking talking hockey and yes. talking refereeing it's good time perfect well with uh obviously you're new nobody knows you so let's just start from the beginning um when did you start refereeing yes or wh- where did you grow up where when did you start playing hockey when did you start refereeing yeah so um so it's interesting right so i grew up in uh, syracuse new york um and i didn't actually start playing we moved away from syracuse when i was four or five. So, uh, and then we ended up, I moved to Maryland for a few years and then kind of came back when uh, I was in fourth, fifth grade. Um, so I, I started hockey a little bit later, uh, than a lot of people that had in, in upstate New York. Right. So everyone there is born with, with skates on their feet. They've got the double toques and then they just go from there. Um, so I started off a little late when I was like nine. Uh, but I kind of took to it pretty, pretty quickly. And then in upstate New York at the time, to be a team captain or a coach, you had to go to a level one hockey uh, referee seminar. So that's kind of where I started. And that was 94 uh, was my, oh my first. Goodness. Yeah, it was the first time that I uh, went to a referee seminar. I was, yeah, the, the 94 season, 93, 94, I was 11. And uh, 
parents made like the rules you didn't you didn't have to you know pay for anything but you had to attend which i actually think was a good idea um at the time we had a pretty strong officials association then and and really good really good relationships with the local players associations so mm-hmm. getting coaches and and team captains to a level one seminar was really good uh, my parents paid the $10 fee at the time. I think that's all it was uh, to be a level one. Um, and they told me like, hey, this will be useful. You have to go referee one game to make that money back. Hmm. And that's how I got started, right? So I'm an 11-year-old kid, uh, Central New York. Um, you know, my first first game was in Shove Park. It was probably a mini mic game uh, with some old guy who probably didn't really want to be there. Uh, I had a, uh, my dad bought a cheap white helmet and spray painted it black. And nice. I was wearing, yeah, and I was wearing black, um, you know, I was wearing a borrowed, uh, a borrowed sweater, uh, black cargo pants, skates, uh, and someone had given me a finger whistle. And that was it. Nice. Right? So that, and that was my first game. Uh, and I liked it and it was good. So I started, yeah, I started off there. Um, and, and I, I, worked a few games uh and i started gravitating you know, and that's when i was what a peewee mm-hmm. um you know and kept it up there enjoyed it in in new york and then you know as any military brat uh does uh, it was time for my dad to move and we moved down to virginia for high school so i had gone through all of middle school and all and and was playing um you know was playing travel teams uh playing our travel team in, in camillus and we moved down to virginia and folks, this was Southeast Virginia at the time. Um, and a lot of folks thought they knew everything about hockey and couldn't skate backwards. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so sounds uh, like Florida when I was growing up. Right. Yeah. So, but here I was rather than playing, I could I found out that, well, we can either pay a bunch of money to play or I can referee because we needed referees back then. Mm-hmm. We still do now, uh, but we, we needed some, some referees. And so I just started, I decided to kind of dedicate more to, Hey, I wanted to be on the ice refereeing rather than being, um, you know, rather than being stuck, uh, you know, kind of playing with these guys that just didn't fit in with. And it kind of took off from there. Um, got involved with some folks in Northern Virginia, uh, that some folks will know, uh, you know, Kevin Upton uh, mm-hmm. is one of those old kind of guys. Right. And then there's yep. Chris, you know, guys like Chris Sneer and then um, prime time. Yeah, prime time, absolutely right. <laughs> great, great guy. What uh, an absolute beauty! Oh man, prime time uh, is. Yeah, it, it, guys like that taught me a lot. With um, oh, and this was back when I mean, this is now we're talking uh, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine uh, kind of time frame. So this is when oh, who was the guy that uh, uh, before the current Southeast District referee in chief? Oh, I don't even know. That oh, was before man. my time. Yeah, he's in all those old. Uh, he's in all those USA Hockey skating videos. Okay. Kinda, yeah, weird guy, huge eyebrows. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we got got hooked up with uh, with a lot of those guys in in Showa and started. You know, my parents. I started refereeing the games as my brothers were playing. Uh, you know, travel hockey and going mm-hmm. up to games in Showa. I started tagging along and, and refereeing, right? Kevin, uh, Kevin Upton got me, he was the Virginia state supervisor at the time. And he started uh, throwing my name in. Uh, and I was working with guys like primetime and Jeff Nygaard and Henry white, uh, you know, and Bill Hughes and, and guys in Showa, um, and kind of doing that throughout college and 
they were asking me like, Hey, what do you want to do with hockey? And I was like, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, like, that's kind of like asking someone like, do you want to go? Like, what do you want to do with, with your car? I don't know. Yeah. Really? Well, it, you just know? anything in life, you know, yeah. when we're that young. Yeah, exactly. So, and I kind of, I enjoyed it. Right. I, I, they told me, Hey, well, we're going to go to, and I went to the first year of camp Florida, which became, uh, that it's kind of what became the DOS. Well, the yeah, district it, and yep, right? yeah, that original Camp Florida eventually morphed itself into now the district select camp for the Southeast District. Yeah, right. So that yeah. was and that was cool. So that was like an you got an invite and it was Cat and Gibby, Cat and Gibby. Yeah, yep. we're running that right. And uh, man, we went down and I had a lot of fun and I met I met a lot of good guys. And those are the ones who were like, Oh, Hey, by the way, there was these things called like regional camp and national camp. And, you know, this is how you work. This is how you get to work pro hockey. And, uh, you know, I, and I learned, I didn't even know what junior hockey was right at the time. Yeah. It was like, what yep. is this, you know, triple a <laughs> what's going on and, and tier one, tier two, junior, junior, a junior B no idea. Um, and, and yeah, so, but that first camp Florida, man, that was, that was awesome. And, uh, I went, I went the first year and the second year, uh, and then uh, came back, went to regional camp, um, 2005, uh, back when it's called regional camp. It's now, mm -hmm. um, futures, you know, futures. Yeah. Regional camp. And then, uh, and my, man, that's when I met, that's where my instructors were, uh, Chris Shimaga, Chewy, right from Buffalo. Yep. I met Steve Glines out in Idaho and then, uh, and then Butch Mousseau, which I, th I think everyone knows uh butch and and that was really cool that's also where i met we lovingly call them the fat guys right so that's where i you know like yep. Scott, you know scott brand dave labuda um uh even matt leaf those kind of those mm -hmm. those names in uh in usa hockey uh and that's where i kind of started off uh working the east coast east coast junior leagues right the met league um i don't think the aj i think this is the year before the aj formed i think this is the year before tier three junior a existed okay um so working on the junior b and uh and even the ej up in in boston um mm -hmm. i don't remember what they yeah back when it was actually junior a junior b junior c not right yeah tier one tier two tier three junior a right yeah. yeah you know back when there was like the interstate junior league and the metropolitan junior league mm -hmm. and the the Eastern Junior League, which I can only imagine back then were an absolute jungle. <laughs> they were fighting leagues. I mean, that was like <laughs> you had guys who were. I mean, it was awesome. It was a jungle. You never knew what you were going to get. You could show up, and it would be three young guys who were 20, 21, 22 years old. Um, you know, looking to have a good time, and you'd show up, and you'd be the one 21 year old, 22 year old. And you'd work with two guys who were in their fifties who didn't care, right? They were there yeah. and they were just, it was it. Uh, and the quality, you know, that, that's where you really learned. <laughs> uh, I, that's the first time that I've ever seen someone uh, with no tape on their stick, right? Like no joke, mm -hmm. like a kid lines up, someone did something stupid, kid lines up across from him and he's just this behemoth of a guy uh you know no tape on the stick and i'm like huh what's gonna happen here right oh well well new <laughs> I guy. wonder yeah well new guy it's like wow that that dude literally puck drops gloves are off and i was like wow what the heck is going on and i remember 
uh, it was, I was working with Tommy George and he was like, dude, what, what did you expect? He has no tape on his stick. And I was like, I never even <laughs> looked at that. Right. You know, like, holy shit. You know, so, yep. um, so working those, uh, then went to national camp, uh, 2007. Um, and, uh, from there kind of went full-time with the ODP for a year, uh, lived out in Chicago, lived with, I lived at, uh, with Craig Welker at his house. Uh, okay. Opie the one in I. Berlin, right? Yeah. That one was in Hoffman Estates. Oh, Hoffman Estates. Okay. Yeah. So with him and Opie, Anthony Opanowski, um, okay. from Pittsburgh and, and that was fun, man. But that was also, so that was kind of the, and, and it's interesting, right? So we talk about with this new program with the, uh, that Cavs is starting with the North American league and all that we started to see, I think this is the time that we started to see, and I started to see uh, the transition from the traditional referees uh, to players um, mm -hmm. to kind of recruiting some of the minor pro players. Uh, and this is about when the time when, you know, so Chewy was our, uh, Chris Shimago was our uh, regional camp instructor and talking with him and he had just picked up the 50, 50 contract and mm -hmm. it wasn't, and it wasn't going well for one reason or another, right? Um, yeah. Which, you know, who knows, right? You talk, jumping to the next level is just as tough for officials as it is for players. Um, and, and who knows? I don't know. I'm not in that decision-making process. But um, but that year, uh, you know, as I'm getting into the North American League, getting the USHL, starting to get a taste of the, the whole Central League, uh, the CHL, um, you know, the Southern pro league and all that kind of stuff. And I started to realize, um, and having a blast, right. So kind of working and it was awesome. Um, but then we started seeing these guys who were old school, um, not old school, but they were players, right. So they're ECHL, they're AHL players. Uh, and they, they started getting games and, um, at first they're good dudes to work with, but then it started to get like, Hey, it's February. Right. So everyone's making their playoff run. Referees are making their playoff run linesmen. You know, everyone's mm -hmm. like, Hey, I want to start really tightening up. Uh, and I'll never forget. So you talk about like, Hey, this is what changed from 2000, like from that first camp Florida, where I was like, huh, how do you do this? Like, and, and excel through the levels. Um, yeah. And I, and I felt like I was right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going through and every year or so I'm, I'm, I'm getting better. Uh, I'm getting better. The leagues that I'm working are better. Um, it's working. And then, mm -hmm. uh, that 2006, 2007 and the 2007, 2008 timeframe. Um, right. So I'll never forget. Right. So we're working green Bay, uh, you know, and this has been, and it's cool. It's also cool to be like, Hey, yeah, I was on the ice with guys like John Cooper, you know, mm -hmm. in the North. Yeah. I was just going to say, you mentioned, you mentioned green Bay. Yeah. And uh, when you were there, John Cooper, who's now the coach of the lightning, obviously. Yeah. Uh, searching for his third straight Stanley cup was <laughs> yeah. behind the bench, which they've got a good push. Right. But yeah. So, yep. and they, uh, you know, and he was with the bandits, he was St. Louis uh, beforehand um, before that and kind of working. And I was like, Hey, I was skating with him in the in st louis and then he goes to green bay and then i'll never forget this one game day in green bay and a guy named um it's mike elder and i i don't know if anyone knows mike elder i think he's he's kind of since walked away from uh from the game uh mm -hmm. a detroit guy but either way he's young he was real young he was like 17 18 working in the ushl at the time wow 
but uh, he was good. Uh, either way, so, you know, we're working a game and in walks a guy who had played in the AHL, like as early as recent as December of that year. And then, mind you, this is February. Mm-hmm. He never, he never skated a game before and he's going to line with, and Mike's refereeing and I'm lining and here's another guy. He walks in, he's going to line and he doesn't have whistles. He doesn't have anything else like that. So we give him a whistle, you know, all this and, and oh then walks, you know, and then walks one of the supervisors and is like, yeah, man, you guys need to teach him kind of how to, how to skate and, or how to skate a game. And, and that was weird right so a supervisor walks in and in in that time that supervisor he didn't give uh me or mike any type of supervision but it was all focused on on that other guy now in retrospect mm-hmm. you know in retrospect uh does that make sense sure um as a supervisor when you've got someone like that how do you you know how do you focus your attention on anything else when you've got a guy who that may be the first time he's wearing the stripes yeah exactly um, you know uh but that kind of stung a little bit um yep you know and, and the same thing kind of seeing and talking with some other guys who saw that uh that year so that kind of brings me to like that was kind of that first time where it's like huh uh, and then some guys coming home, you know, all the Southeast district folks and all were kind of saying, Hey, yeah, the recruitment model is changing. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, and my goal was always, was never the NHL. My goal was always D one college hockey, um, yeah. you know, so, which was important. I guess it's important to say, I should have said that at the beginning, but, um, so, and, and kind of looking at the path that I was on, I was like, I don't know if that's. I don't, I don't think that pro hockey is where I want to go. College hockey is where I want to, where I kind of want to end up. And then, um, as life happens, uh, in that off season, I was working at a Marina as a, uh, as a sailing instructor and a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and doing everything from cleaning, cleaning boats and all that to, to teaching sailing and, uh, some guys that are worth were pilots in the, the Navy. Uh, and they were like, Hey man, you, you have a college degree. It's like, yeah, I've got a college degree. And they said, cool. Uh, well, have you ever thought about flying airplanes? I was like, I can't fly airplanes. And they're like, well, you should think about it. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> just for, uh, just for, you know, kind of grins, I went and I took the aviation selection test battery and I did really well. Um, mm-hmm. and I started kind of applying to see what would happen and no joke if, uh, that August, uh, I got, I got picked up to be a pilot for a pilot slot in the Marine Corps. So I amazing. Went, yeah. So just cause of, a couple of random guys at the Marine were like, Hey, have you ever thought about flying airplanes? Yes, exactly. Right. I mean, no joke like that summer, it was, you know, some guys who were pretty good, pretty good dudes who, uh, who I like to drink beer with. Um, yeah, we're just like, Hey man, you ever thought about flying airplanes? Sure. I'll, I'll try it. Um, you know, and, and, you know, of course it's the Marine Corps. So the, uh, you know, the, the, the academics aren't as high, right. But the PT scores <laughs> the, the you know, physical fitness is more what's important, you know, more what's important yeah. if you can pass the test. Well, I mean, we all know what Marine stands for. Maybe yeah. some of our listeners don't yeah. muscles are required. Intelligence, not essential. Yep. Absolutely. That are my <laughs> ass rides and Navy equipment. That one too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that worked out. So I went to, uh, I went to, ended up, you know, not going back out to Chicago. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, guys were asking me like, "Hey, you going to do this again?" 
and I kind of made the decision there um, based upon kind of what had happened, uh, you know, throughout that playoff run and realizing hmm, things are changing and, and maybe uh, this isn't how I achieve my goals anymore. Uh, yeah. And so, um, and so I, I moved on. Um, now the cool thing is, is that I still, right. So Marine OCS, uh, and, and officer candidate school, and then they do, you get six months up because it's the Marine Corps, you get six months of infantry training, uh, mm -hmm. after that. And that was, oh, was wait, to, so yeah. even though you had a pilot slot waiting for you, you had to go yep. do infantry training. Yep. Six months huh. of how to be a rifle platoon commander. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's the Marine Corps. So, uh, so, that, and that was kind of fortuitous because I could stay in Virginia uh, So because mm -hmm. all the officer stuff goes and stays in Virginia. So um, kind of going home almost. Uh, and then I was at Shoah. And so I come back, come, I come back to Shoah with, uh, um, with this plethora of knowledge that I kind of learned in the, in the program. Yep. Um, and I start working games uh, in this time. Now I'm working games with like high school kids and AAA. Um, yeah. Yeah. And still doing the Met and the AJ uh, mm -hmm. and and the Southern Pro League um, while I'm there. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Because that's when Richmond had their Southern Pro. Yeah, season, man. And yeah. Richmond was Richmond was awesome, man. Rich, Alan Harvey, that guy, uh, man. Um, the city of Richmond hated that team. Um, they want. I mean, Richmond is a basketball team. Uh, yeah, they, they hated that team, and they bankrupt. They've essentially, you know, Richmond could pull hockey and when they would, they would raise uh, all the, the city would raise the take that they would make, you know, essentially really? say, Hey, you okay. owe us more and more all the time that they wouldn't do it for basketball. So what end, what ended up happening is that eventually you couldn't afford to have a team play there anymore. Yeah. Um, but man, that was always fun going there. They, they had, there was a place called the Capitol Ale House in Richmond that, you know, there was just a bar tab open for the officials. Uh, Amazing. And I, I can't remember how many times. I, I have no idea, uh, like, <laughs> the amount of money that the team spent there on us, but it was good. Um, That's but yeah, awesome. Right, yeah, so the Richmond, you know, the, the Renegades were there. Renegades, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I kind of moved down. From there, I moved down to Pensacola. And the best and, and worst thing ever happened to my career ever happened in the fact in my military career ever happened that just as I got down to Pensacola, um, the, the trainer airplane, the T-34 broke uh, and they found that every single one of them had this problem. Um, and unfortunately, a couple of guys were, were killed in wrecks before they figured it out. But as a result, oh, they no. read, yeah, but but they red striped the fleet. So that meant I now had 11 months off uh, to do nothing for a year. So I'm getting paid as a second lieutenant uh, in the military, and I have zero job. So what do I do? Uh, I tell... Um, oh, so was that a... I'm sorry, I'm just yeah. a sidetrack on air, airplanes because yeah. I'm a little bit of an airplane nerd. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just a single engine trainer, right? Yeah, so it's it's got a turbo prop engine on it so okay so it, this is that's before the navy got the t6 texan 2 then yeah yeah so it's the t34c so it was it's the last airplane that you could fly around with the canopy open uh, okay yeah it, it's it's old school um uh yeah it 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 was a really cool um little airplane that i miss flying nice. a lot but uh so so they they grounded them yeah then, so, and you guys were like so now you're sitting around just getting paid 
Yes. Yeah, so now I'm sitting around getting paid. I got buddies who are bartending. I got buddies uh-huh. who are, um, you know, I got buddies who are like, I mean, they're going home. Like one dude was a ski instructor in Colorado. He just went home. He's like, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go be a ski instructor. Call me when you, when we come back. No one gets charged <laughs> for like UA or AWOL. I mean, just amazing. Like, yeah. Right. I mean, because nothing was set up. Down now, is this handle. across the Navy and the Marine Corps? They were just like, hey, yep. we don't have a stage one trainer right now. Yep. So because yeah. they because I think the Air Force had the T-37 still. Yep. They had the tweet, T-37. Yep. And as they well were probably the transitioning into the T-6 Texan too. Yep. So they had. Yeah. So they had both. Uh, okay. And in fact, there were a bunch of T-6. There are a bunch of the new T-6s sitting on the ramp down in um at, for the backseater training, for the Wizzo uh-huh. training, uh, but the, that hadn't gone to pilots yet. So, gotcha. Uh, it was all T thirty fours. Yeah, and there was it was a weird problem. Um, if you want to get aviation kind of nerdy, but it was a weird problem with essentially the rudder interconnect between the rudder pedals and the rudder, mm-hmm. and uh, they were they were bending. Oh, um, and so that's you not couldn't. Good. Yeah, so you couldn't get enough throw, so, and you had you had to train in spins. Uh, yeah. Back you know, and so you, the problem is if you got it into a left spin, which you rarely did left spins, but if you got into a left spin, because of the way that things are bending, even with full right rudder, you may not get enough rudder throw to get it out of the spin. Get it out of it. That's yeah. crazy. And that was a non-ejection seat airplane. So you had yeah. to bail out and that's a complicated procedure. So, um, I mean, laugh, but, yeah, right. So uh, I still remember, in fact, I still remember all the emergency procedures. The wife used to it's like she used to quiz me with um, rules and different rule books. Uh, uh-huh. You know, she used to quiz me on emergency procedures, but that's that's unreal. I love yeah. it. But anyway, yeah. So uh, yeah, so I get down there and I don't have a job. So I call up um, Scott Brand and I call up the uh, you know uh, what's his name from the Southern Pro? Man, what is Jimmy Combs? Yeah, Jimmy Combs. Uh, yeah, I called up Jim and I was like, "Hey guys, um, I'm in Pensacola and I." I'm getting paid, but I don't have a job. And I worked <laughs> more games that season than I think I had ever worked because I showed up in like October. You got to be a full-time referee in the Southern Pro League. I did. Lieutenant's yeah. paycheck. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. So like I was the best paid referee, probably <laughs> full-time referee probably ever. Um, and hey, I was well, working yeah, for that league for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I was working between, and that was cool. Cause that was the, you know, they still had the I 10 rivalry. So Tallahassee, Pensacola, Mobile, Biloxi and yeah. uh, New Orleans. Right. So between those like five teams, and if I wanted to go further, um, between those like five teams, man, I was, was all over the place. And then word got out that I was refereeing. So then, you know, all the, all of my drunk buddies were showing up. <laughs> they were is, coming to the games. Oh man, they were coming to the games. So it's hilarious. They'd come down. I'd see them on the ice, and there were many times where, as he'd come down, and they'd be like banging on the glass. They'd be getting ready to be kicked out. I'm like, no, 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 don't kick them out. Those are my buddies. Like, and they're like, oh, tell your buddies to be cool. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> be cool. You know, like, you know. Um, yeah, there's. I tell you, like when I was in um because i you know i was in full-time and i was a senior airman working full-time for the sp yeah and whenever my military friends would get to come to games and they would act the same way Mm -hmm. but it was always fun like i remember one night specifically a bunch of guys went up to memphis um well south haven mississippi to watch me work 
and they had just ridiculous signs. Um, there's yeah. one, uh, it's a, uh, Hey, Kermaldi, you blow yeah. um, with a whistle on it, like stuff like that. Like my military buddies would do. And I think actually that sign was done by some guys, some of the local referees there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely always fun when your buddies get to come watch your work. Yeah. So they get to sit in the stands and drink and you're on the ice. Like, man, I, I want to be drinking with you guys. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Cause it's, yeah, they're showing up with signs or showing up everywhere else, but, uh, yeah, man, it was, I mean, it would be really cool. Uh, that's awesome. And I, I, I miss that. Uh, that kind of aspect of it was pretty, was pretty cool. And mm-hmm. it was also fun to be able to mix. Man, it, it's amazing how many of uh, my officiating friends get along with like my pilot and, and kind of military friends, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause it's not like after a game, especially in Pensacola, man, after a game in Pensacola, uh, we were, we were all going to go out. Um, you know, all the dudes <laughs> were going to, going to go out. Uh, go to and, Seville quarter. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Go <laughs> and all the nicknames that are associated with that but yeah which which is i mean it's it it's that's a really cool place um you know go to mcguire's those kind of stuff but the referees are coming right i mean yep uh, and it's it's really weird to be a referee in a military town so suddenly the referees aren't paying for anything because well you got a bunch of military guys there's military guy with you and they're all like drunk so they're throwing their money down so so as a referee you're you know you're not paying for anything um which was really cool um yeah and then uh i kept up with it as much as i could through pilot training i moved to south texas where i flew the uh the t-45 in in kingsville Mm -hmm. um and corpus christi had some hockey this was uh right before they got the ice rays yeah yeah was that the null team or yeah and uh worked a few games just kind of as a local linesman there and then um went to Virginia beach and, uh, to fly the F 18. And then at that point I didn't, I didn't have time. Right. So, yeah. you know, the airplane well, in the back, at that point, right? I mean, when you're flying that, that beautiful piece of machinery. Yeah. I just, I just didn't have time to, to study and dedicate anymore. Um, <laughs> and so it was kind of, uh, those kind of three years were the ones and, and I was still, I came back and I was trying to be a local supervisor of officials in Southeast, uh, Virginia, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, running, I've, I've never been to instructor seminar, but I've run more seminars than I know. Yeah. Uh, you know, than I, than I can count. Right. Cause the Southeast mm-hmm. district is just, you need guy. I mean, you know this, right. Yeah. He's a Florida sure, guy. I mean, we're shorthanded. I mean, that's yeah, just how it is. You know, so, if, so, and, uh, and if you can't go to instructor seminar, that doesn't mean you're not going to be a seminar instructor. It just means that yep. you didn't go to the instructor seminar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, it's not like you weren't qualified to yeah. be in front of the room. Right. Yeah, exactly. And to, and to talk about things. So, uh, I, I go to Virginia beach and then, um, and kind of skating there and that's, and right as I was leaving is when the, is when the admirals went from the AHL to, they got sold to San Diego and then mm-hmm. went to, um, and they got the EC the kind of unaffiliated ECHL team. Yeah. Um, and they went from being the best. It's kind of funny to talk about like. Well, yeah, John the Cooper. Norfolk Admirals went from winning 28 games in a row under, again, John Cooper. John Cooper, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's following like, you around. Yeah, no, weird, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Being the best, you know, the almost breaking the record for 
Oh no, I think they did break the record for most yeah, they, wins. They, I, they either broke hockey. it or tied for pro any pro hockey, whether it right. be NHL or whatever. Yeah. Um, most wins in a row. Yeah. And then they won the Calder Cup that year. Yep. And then they moved to Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And then the team got sold to uh, San Diego. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Travesty, right? So uh, from there, I moved I moved down to North Carolina. And that's kind of where um, kind of where my the officiating career just kind of took the left, completely took the left turn. So that's when uh, it was the first year that I didn't register. Mm-hmm. Uh, tried to work some Fayetteville Fire Ants games, um, but you know, it was one of those where that was a time when gas was still cheap and the SP was still really run by the ODP. There's a lot of guys yeah. they wanted and they wanted everyone to travel. I yep. just couldn't do it. So yeah. Well, and two, I mean, you were busy with the, you know, the, the yeah. needs of the military, the needs yeah. of the Marine Corps. Yeah. You know. And it's funny how they deploy you during the winter time all the time. Right. So if, if you like winter sports, they're deploying you in the winter. So yep. anybody out there. That happened to me. I had, I lost a full season in the SP because my commander decided to appoint to deploy me from October to April. Yeah. So I, yeah. I did miss a whole season. Yeah. I was I'm, not happy about it. And, and even when I was home, I spent a lot of time in Yuma in the winter time. Like, yeah, there's nothing in Yuma. So. Yep. Uh, anyway, yeah. Just a so, bunch of ranges. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a great place uh, if you want to fly, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So then I got out of the Marine Corps and I moved up here to Western Michigan and I'm back at it. So kind of like what I'm doing now is weird. I'm the, you know, um, I'm, I'm working, <laughs> I'm working kind of high school hockey college club. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't, and this is actually an interesting conversation to have for, kind of this stuff i didn't the new standard right so uh the new standard with um kind of of enforcement with checking and all that kind of oh, stuff. oh this oh for the stuff this year yeah yeah for the stuff this year right so this was so imagine you know i hadn't worked a whole lot of games i think between 2017 and 2021 i had worked maybe maybe a dozen games Okay. Uh, I so then now way. you're jumping back into it. Right. Basically now, having to learn the rules over again. Right. Now, as I started in, we said we get to like, how do you get from 1993, 94 to here? Mm-hmm. And suddenly, you know, I get, I, and there's some, man, I will say this is that the, the, it's, it's really cool to be, uh, the officiating community in Western Michigan is really good. Uh, there's mm-hmm. some, there are some really great guys out here, um, and who, um, who welcomed me, um, you know, based upon, Hey, here's a guy who did some stuff years ago, uh, and kind of like gave me an opportunity and put me on some games that probably upset some people because I haven't been here for a long time. Yeah. You know, uh, but yeah, so there are some, but, but those guys are great. Uh, and I'll say that they don't, that the good ones, they're guys out here who just like, if you're good, you're good. If you're not, we're going to, we'll, we'll try to help you get better. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's not a lot of, I'll say the assigners out here for the most part. Um, there's not the egos. There's not the, well, you're a new guy. So you gotta, uh, you gotta start at, at mites at six o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning on Saturday. And, and then maybe in six months you'll figure it out. Uh, you yeah. paid your dues, right? There's none of that here, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I, I come up here and I start getting some games 
And I'll tell you, man, the the hardest games to work were those, you know, I <laughs> I get thrown into uh, after having worked maybe 12 games in the past four years, I'm starting to work mm-hmm. AAA showcases. Like my first weekend, oh, hey, cool, AAA showcase. Uh, new checking standard, go. What? And I'm like, uh. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and that's something, you know, the USA hockey mentality or not really mentality, but is guilty of. And this is as seminar instructors and just in general, it's like, Hey, here's your rule book. Here's your patch. Go figure it out. Right. Yeah. Especially with this new standard. Yeah. You know, and I did it and it was still a COVID. So I was doing, I mean, we did all the, uh, you know, all the seminars via teams and yep. which, and I like that format for folks who have been around for a while and all to kind of like go over stuff, but mm-hmm. man, that was not the right venue to unveil a brand yeah. new standard of enforcement. Yep. Um, so I, 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 I worked, I tried youth for, especially at that level for a month or two. And I was just so inconsistent. And how do you tell, right? So that, that's the thing is, yeah. How do you tell a coach? So you talk about seminar uh, topics later on, mm-hmm. and, and this is a, maybe a preview for later this summer, but how do you tell a coach that you're struggling that day with the standard, you know? Yeah that, that, you know, you're inconsistent. Um, yep. I, I think I know for me, my biggest, like when I would go to the bench early in the season, the first thing I'd say is, you know, finally the referees and coaches were on the same page. We yeah. both hate the rules. Yeah. Like I've been doing, and my whole thing this year was, Hey, I've been doing this 20 years and I'm learning how to call penalties all over again. Yeah. And it's, it's like, it's one of those things, like everything that's ever been a clean hit in my head or what still is a clean hit outside of the bubble of USA. Yeah. It's oh wait, that's a penalty. My arm has to go in the air. Yeah. And then sometimes you'd get, you know, you get lucky that your partner would have it or, you know, you'd be a second or two late in reacting to it. Then your arm goes up. Then the coach is screaming at you because you took too long to put your arm in the air. Yeah. And then you the- go to explain to them, Hey, there's no, there's nothing in the rule book that says I have to put my arm up right away. Yeah. Well, so and, that's, yeah. Well, and, and, and the, that argument that, Oh, well, you're just calling it because the other coach said, uh, complained mm-hmm. about it. And, but how many times is that guy right? You know, how many times is it's like, wait, he said something and that's not it. That it, he's right, you know. Like, how do yeah, you? Yeah, that's a penalty. You, yeah, like that's a penalty. Like he's he's upset because I didn't call it, and in this case, he's right. Uh, yeah. And and as you were just saying, like, there's nothing in the rule book that says that I can't I can't take a second or two to think about it and then put my arm up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that probably most supervisors would say that you need to cut that decision making down, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I couldn't. So. Yeah. So, but it, but it was one of those things. So I think about, you know, as we're getting into November kind of um, Thanksgiving timeframe and I was still struggling with it. Like it was one of those <laughs> things where it's like, huh, I'm a, I went from, man, I knew what I was doing and, and you know this, right? So if you've been yep. around for a while and you're an old guy, you're not pulling, you're pulling everything from experience, right? Like everything yeah. when you're, when you're behind the play, when you're, you know, when you know you're going to be a little bit yep. slower, you're pulling everything from the experience that you've had. Well, I know for me, like this, the last few years, especially this year, just due to 
the overwhelming amount of games that I worked. I was just so tired all the time. I was relying on my knowledge of the game, my positioning, and my understanding of how the game works more than anything else when it came to my penalty standard or um, lining, like, okay, yeah, that looks offside, that was offside. But, like, as far as with refereeing, especially at the junior level this past year, I was just, I was solely relying on my experience because you know what a penalty looks like. Yeah. Even from far away, because you can't quite get there because you're just exhausted. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you've done two college or two junior games on Friday, two college games, two junior games and a college game on Saturday and then a college game on Sunday. Yeah. Like. That was my weekends all year. And then yeah. uh, the amount of coastly games that I worked this year too was the most I'd ever done. Yeah. So, yeah. And you go from that and then you have to transition to youth and it's completely different because like your standard and your college, your, you know, college club, your, your yeah. USPHLs or juniors or, you know, working pro hockey and then you got to go to, okay, was his the blade of his stick below his knee? Was he making an attempt to play the puck? Did he go shoulder to shoulder? You know, did he go, you know, was it, was it a trunk to trunk hit? Was it this? Was it that? No crap. My arms got to go in the air. Right. Whereas before, and you know, my experience was always, you know, how many times have you just kind of seen a play and were like, that's not, that wasn't legal, right? Like you don't necessarily have, like there's some of the, the big violent, you know, the violent mm-hmm. infractions, right? The injury potential infractions. But a lot yeah. of those other kind of just like, you know, uh, the the holdings, the hookings, the the other kind of mm-hmm. weird like, huh, uh, that wasn't legal, right? How many times you put yeah. your arm up for that? Whereas, whereas this is, it's, it's not, it wasn't that way. Um, yeah. Oh, well, that's a clean hit last yeah. year. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like how many times was like, and I, I, and man, I will never forget this. Right. So it is, it's like early November. I'm working, I'm working a, a you know, a midget triple a game. And it's one of those like, Hey, puck carries got his head down coming through the neutral zone and a defenseman sees it and just clocks him, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, last year that was everything else. I'm like, who night. And I, I remember as I'm refereeing, I go, wow, nice hit. I'm like, nice hit. And then like a second later, it's crap my arms up because that dude's stick was level, was parallel with the ice. And he just looked and his whole goal, yeah. which previous to this was, Hey dude, everyone knows you don't have your head down. Yeah. Skating, like, through, the know, skating through the middle. Yeah. Like that's, that's how you get crunched. And that yeah. dude got crunched. And now we have to penalize that. Yeah. Uh, because he wasn't making an attempt to play the puck. Right. He was making an attempt to separate the player from the puck. Correct. Yeah. So uh, so that's when I was like, Hey, and I called, um, you know, the assigner up here and was like, Hey man, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk, mm-hmm. but the youth thing just isn't working for me right now. Like I can't, I, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not consistent with enough. And then that's yep. when, uh, the high school guys were like, Hey, in Michigan high school is weird. Some of them, some of the games are like phenomenal and others are just, not yeah. And it's, great. and it's not USA hockey, is it? No. No, yeah. it is. It's uh, Michigan State it's Federation, right? Uh, so they use the yeah they use the Fed uh, um, uh, rule book, and it's Michigan State Athletic Association, which now 
you get NASO uh, starting this year. You they you get oh, a NASO nice. free NASO membership. Nice. Um, yeah, I got to pay for that. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, <laughs> I got to renew yeah. mine. Nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so those guys were like, hey, we'll keep you busy. Uh, and it was a lot of guys. It's weird because it's a lot of guys like me. There are a lot of really good dudes who um, left it early or something and mm-hmm. came back. And uh, Or you have a lot of young guys who want to kind of go uh, higher. I will say that the one thing that kind of sucks about Michigan and, and this is an argument, but the ODP uh, has a lot of the, um, a lot of well, the, they have a lot kind of, of the footprint. Yes. Up there. Like yeah. the college club. I know. I think they handle. Yeah. Uh, All the USPHL. Uh, you know, on the Wait, USHL. Do, they schedule, do they schedule USPHL up there? Uh, do you know? I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure they do. We just got, a, we just picked up a, uh, well, I got to find out cause we just picked up a team in battle Creek. So, okay, cool. Um, and hopefully they'll call themselves the serial killers because uh, <laughs> that's the squadron I'm at now. But uh, yeah, um, and then the USHL and Muskegon, obviously the USHL will always be ODP, and that and that should yeah, be, obviously, you know, yes, hundred um, percent. Uh, if you are, if you're my age, if you're 39 years old and you're you're working the USHL, it should be to uh, help for nothing other than helping that 22 year old yep. kid get through a tough game. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Uh, but yeah, so I think um, I think they still are, and we'll see. I know a lot of the college club and all is, is just handled out over by uh, on the east side with with Dan Monticelli and mm-hmm. and kind of doing some of the OB, OD, ODP stuff. Uh, yeah, so it's interesting, but yeah, but it sounds so, like you have a you've gone into a good situation up there like you got a good group of guys like i know a decent amount of guys that live up there too yeah and um you know small small circle the higher up you go so yeah um, they're taking i know they're taking good care of you oh absolutely you're you're, you're helping out i mean i worked i worked like i said i've worked more games in the last year i've done I think at last count and you're going to laugh at this because you're like, dude, I did that in like two months, but I worked 120 some games this year. And that was uh, the most that I worked in, in a long time. And it was yep. awesome. Right. And it was, yeah, you know, between Kalamazoo, Grand Rapids, Lansing, Muskegon, you know, mm-hmm. kind of just the Western Michigan area. That's awesome. Um, it, yeah. I ended up my total number for the year for anyone uh, who was wondering why the podcast disappeared was I was at, uh, I think I ended up actually, no, I ended up at uh, 307 or 310 games somewhere in that small. Yeah. Between men's league, college, youth, juniors, and ECHL. Man. Um, yeah, it was, it was a grind. Now, yeah. granted, um, I was still finishing my bachelor's the first half of the season so that was my primary source of income. And then uh, January, February in, and into a little bit of March, I was still looking for a job. So le- legitimately, it was my only income. Oh, man. Um, and I am currently enjoying a break, which I think everyone can tell by my, my beard that I have going on because yeah, during the season, I don't grow good. this. But I'm also rocking the, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning playoff beard here because they are going for three. Um, I think so. Gonna, I think they've got. I think they've got a great chance of doing it. I don't. I don't see uh, the I mean, only team that scares me is Colorado. 
in the West. Because yeah. I don't think I don't think the winner of Edmonton and Calgary can beat them. Carolina yeah. would give us a series. I'm not so sure. I think the Rangers would be not as tough for the Lightning. Um, I just the last four years I've been wanting Colorado and Tampa Bay in the finals because be cool. they've been the two best teams in the league. Um, so hopefully that happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just saw what the I mean, Florida was had the best. Florida <laughs> yeah. scored the most goals in since the lockout. So since 0506, so yeah. since since the 0405 lockout, since then the Panthers scored the most goals in the season of any team, and the Lightning held them to three goals in four games, and they hadn't they hadn't gotten shut out all season, and Vasilevsky in his infamous uh, the the guy's a god. Yeah, like, about to he say is, he's, he's he's next level. He's on. He is. In my lifetime of watching hockey, there are four goalies. Patrick Waugh, Marty Berder, Dominic Hoshik, and yeah. Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, but like, that's the Mount Rushmore of goaltending from he, in my lifetime. I mean, he doesn't and not play style like play style, no, but as, as far as just like when he's hot, like yep. he reminds me of Hoshik, right? But there's a time where you're like, yeah. dude, you can't you just can't score. You're not getting, yeah, yeah, like, you're not gonna score on me. So like, why it's why not happening? Now, yeah. granted, uh, it didn't help the Panthers going into game four that half the team spent the uh, evening at one of the uh, adult establishments <laughs> yeah. here in the Tampa area till till 3 a.m. Yeah, it's like they yeah, gave there up. There were multiple reports that half the team was just hanging. They were done. Yeah, the, the like, straw that broke the, the camel's back in the series was it was two to one in game three on Sunday. And the Panthers had a power play. They threw everything they could at the net everything including a couple of kitchen sinks and Vasilevsky stopped everything Kucherov gets the puck goes down the ice two on one with Stamkos fires it across Stammer buries the one-timer and yeah. that was it yeah that was the end of the series I'm, the Panthers I mean, knew they were done I mean game four I'm pretty sure shots were like 49. it was 49 to 20 something yeah something it was like 49 or 50 to like 22 like, yep. you, you couldn't get a goal on 49 shots like yep <laughs> well what? one of the stats that came out uh later in that day was in uh the last so seven or six of the last seven times the lightning have eliminated a team uh so Vassi is seven and oh yeah and he's only allowed one goal in those seven games or no i'm sorry no he Six of them are shutouts. Yeah. And then uh actually, yeah, no, it was one goal on, on 200 shots. Yeah. Is what the stat was. One goal on 200 shots. <laughs> that's I mean, that's insane. Like that's that's legitimately like I, I don't even know. Like, dude, that's a it's a 0.5% save yeah. average over yeah. Well, it's a 99.5%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's a goals against average, right? Goals yeah, against 0. 0.5. Yeah. <laughs> 0.5. Like, cool. Yeah, by the way, how good are you? Well, the last 200 shots on 0. 0.5. Jeez. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, it's tough to keep up, and, but he's just got, but they've got rest now. I mean, they're, they're, they finished the series out. Everyone else is two to two, three to two. I mean, you've got Colorado's going to try to, try to finish it out i guess mm -hmm. you know edmonton's gonna try to finish it out but the rangers and the hurricanes are still 
And they still have at they're least, tied two two. Yeah, right. So they still got at least two more games. So that's another that's yep. another what four days. Yep. So yeah, so we figured the Lightning aren't going to be playing until next week, some late next week, sometime. Right, which is probably good because I mean they're not a young team. So no, not no, they're not. <laughs> yeah, so that that's the whole like how do you like how do you manage a young team uh, or an old team like that? Well, you got to get yeah. them to win early so they play fewer games because yep, you know that that's going to be well, the tough part is if someone and, gives yeah, and as someone that got to you know be on the ice and deal with. Uh, John Cooper. I mean, you know how all about how he is. Yeah. So, you know, he's old school too, man. Like he's a guy who would, you know, you could, you could talk to him and arrest like after the games, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this is back, you, you used to be able to find like, Hey, you like, in fact, that was a linesman's job, right? It's like, you know, five minutes, uh, a few minutes left in the third period. Hey, where are we going out after the game? Right. Nowadays, yep. everyone's getting in the bus and leaving right after the game. Yeah. Uh, but they used to spend the night. So you used to be able to go and it's a guy who could just talk hockey, right? Like, like I mean, I remember Joe Poztowski, I don't even can't remember, Poztowski, Procock is what we used to call him. But <laughs> he's a Chicago guy. But I just remember sitting at, you know, in, in like an Applebee's talking hockey mm-hmm. with John Cooper, right? And he was more interested in just like, you know, it's like stuff like that. that you learn a lot and, mm-hmm. and, and you, you understand. Yeah. So like a guy like that, he knows, like he's thought about all of, uh, all of the possibilities and, and what he wants to do with his team and, and how to manage that. Right. Like that's a, yeah. You know, we knew back then he was going to be a, uh, like he was going to be good. He was going to be a winning mm-hmm. coach. Um, but I miss those days, man. I miss, I miss the days of teams stay in the night and uh we had what was the rule can't remember what well i mean we really weren't supposed to fraternize with the teams or the coaches or anything but like when i was working full-time in the sp like um our boss who's a great guy uh mark fossett like we kind of got left on our own like yeah you know be professional go do your thing go work your games, work your ass off what you do after whatever. I mean, if you end up in the same building as the other team leave, whatever, but like, I'd be, I remember plenty of times being at like Savelle and the ice flyers. And like, I remember one night specifically the ice flyers, the make and mayhem and us, we were all just hanging out in the dueling piano part. Yeah. And they're just buying us drinks and giving us a hard time. We're giving them a hard time. It was fun. Yeah. But that's in. Yeah. And you have two you minutes know, of like talking shop and talking hockey and learning. And then you, you go back to like making fun of each other, but yeah, you know, yep. well, and it also built rapport for, you know, shit happens on the ice. The guys know, Oh, this, this guy's not a referee. I mean, that's Ross. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And I know after a couple of years in the league, the best part is, is like when you show up at the rink and all the players know you and they're like, Oh, we're happy to see you. We're happy you're here. Cause the guys last night, and then, you know, they, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah. They like to throw guys under the bus or whatever, but it's yeah. just, I don't know. The camaraderie out there is, is, um, well, like the, uh, the clip, um, I shared on our Facebook group, uh, like Kucherov giving Macaulay shit. Yeah. Kucherov says to Macaulay, like, how'd you pick your job? And Wes just responds, well, I was a shitty hockey player. <laughs> right. You know, like it's stuff like that, you know, like the camaraderie between the players and the referees, like, you know, it, it's not all hate, hate when we're out there. Right. Um, everyone's well, on the same team at the end of the day. 
We're all oh. trying to play a hockey game. Dude, I'll, ne- I'll never forget, right? So we were out, you talk about the Pensacola thing. So I had a bunch of guys that uh, decided, hey, road trip to Biloxi, right? So we're working on the Mississippi surge, right? And and all, yep. and it's it's uh, Mississippi playing the uh, the Louisiana Ice Skaters. Yep. Worst name in a, like, like Ice Skaters, really? Like, and the, <laughs> their logo was terrible, whatever. Um, but I'll never forget, we're out afterwards. And, and yeah, you know, I don't know, it wasn't my best game, but whatever. <laughs> I'll, and I'll never forget. So we're out at the, uh, we're at the Bow Revage, right? Because no we're, one, you're at the Bow, hell yeah, yeah the Bow, and it's it's great. But the both teams there, Mississippi's there, Louisiana's there, and of course the pilot entourage is also there. And of I'll never, course, and I'll, yeah, and I'll never forget that. Uh, uh, you know, oh, man, I can't remember the Louisiana coach's name right now. And it, Killer, it, yeah, Kevin. yeah, 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 yeah. yes, yes, Killer. yeah. So he comes up to me and he he's like Swanee. I hope you're a better damn pilot than you were a referee tonight because you sucked. And one of my instructors was like, yeah, he's not. <laughs> he just flat out was like, well, you would think so, but you're wrong because he's shit at that too. And I was like, oh, thanks, guys, right? And they immediately were like, you know, laughing and, oh, drinks on us, right? So, it's again, it's one of those like. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, right? So, I've got like this instructor who's like, oh, yeah, you think he's, oh, he's a you know, I was just telling him he's he hope he's a better referee than in fact he and that instructor ended up the next time I flew with him uh wrote like I hope you're a better referee than pilot because you've got no business in this uh you know in you've got airplane. in this airplane and I'm like that's oh. amazing you know I so. uh it's it's funny that you had something like that happen to you because uh, my commander came to one of my games and the following Monday at commander's call that we did every morning Mm-hmm. She looks at me and she goes, Airman Cromaldi. It's like, yes, ma'am. She goes, first of all, I had a blast at your game. Watching you break up fights was awesome, though you should have let him fight a little more. So I laughed, obviously. <laughs> and she awesome. goes, I honestly have to tell you, I think you skate better than you walk. <laughs> like, I was oh, like, yeah, probably. <laughs> thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Thank you. Like, and That's I'm like, awesome. I'm not even that good of a skater. So what does this say <laughs> yeah. about my walking ability? Yeah, exactly. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, but that's uh, like good that's... times with that stuff. Like the, uh, you know, the fun that we've gotten to have doing this. Um, and then like with your knowledge of the game and how long you've been doing this is why that when um, I was looking at you know restarting this this whole adventure i was like okay i got a couple of guys on the list i want to ask but i think nat was going to be number one um and uh we're definitely happy to have you here on the podcast that's for sure dude I'm, i appreciate it man i'm 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 happy to be here this is you know yeah. we've been talking way longer than we expected to so you're going to edit this way down but uh no no not at all i'm the yeah. only part of editing out is when i get up to go uh <laughs> When I had to get up for the security guard because I'm still sitting here at work. <laughs> He's like, is that your car? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But uh, yeah, I man. think with that, I we had more planned, but I, this we ended up talking and shooting the breeze and catching up and talking about Nat a lot more, uh, a little longer than I was going to originally. But, you know, that's just how it goes with these podcasts, right? We, you get yeah. telling stories and time flies by. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say that... Um, we are going to be interviewing Keith Caval. I'm doing that in the next couple of days. Um, and as soon as I record that, I, I'm going to attach that to 
uh, this episode. So it's all kind of put into one. Um, and uh, that way everyone can find out straight from uh, Keith himself what the new NAL Next Shift initiative is about. Um, I'm yeah, really looking forward to hearing about it. Yeah, I can't uh, wait to hear what he has to say, right? So, like, compare that, in fact, you know, to compare that to kind of my experience of what some of that stuff was. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking 15 years ago, right? Um, yep. And, but I imagine Keith is the guy, well, he was my national camp instructor. So, uh, well, I, at the end of the day, we're hurting, right? So, and, yeah. and even like my, my experience when I was full time in the SP, like myself, a um, couple other guys, who've all done very well for themselves. Um, Jeremy Tufts worked, uh, he works, he's working D1. I think he might've worked the national championship game this year with, with uh, uh, Gino, Gino Jr. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Um, yeah. uh, Steven Thompson, who's now my boss with the, Devo. with the ECHL. A um, couple other guys, like, well, I'll never forget. We were sitting in Huntsville and a couple of guys walked in the room and like, who are these guys? they're in the NHL now, Yeah, you know, they're, they're former players that got fast tracked, which right or wrong. Like we all have how we feel about it. Um, that's yeah. uh that's a podcast for another day. Yeah, and that's a, for when I'm no yeah. longer associated with anything. <laughs> yeah. About to say that's uh, yeah, but I mean, they're it, better skaters uh, than I am. I'll say that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. That's, that's, that's pretty true. But you know, I think 100%. this thing that, Cavs is doing he's had it in the works for a little while so I'm, I'm excited to hear from him about it uh and then moving forward I think what we're gonna do we're gonna try to put out an episode every other week maybe every third week um until we roll into the season and our focus is gonna be more like seminar style topics so like we're gonna talk about game management rapport um four-man system with positioning specifically referees um we're going to talk three-man system positioning for everybody um i I definitely want to start using this platform as a teaching tool um that we're going to use not only the usa hockey way i'm going to get some of the hockey canada stuff for our our canadian listeners um and but we're also going to bring in our years of experience of okay, there's the USA hockey way, there's like maybe there's the hockey Canada way, but here's the way we do it in pro hockey because you got to do what works for you, you got to find what works, and maybe we'll be able to help guys find what works for them. Um, because I did put in a poll, uh, you know, do you referee, do you are you happy where you're at, do you aspire to work higher levels? And one of the things that I want to do is just try to you know give guys the knowledge they need or help at least put a little bit of knowledge in guys' heads uh, on how to get to the next level. And, and that's another reason why I wanted to bring Nat in because Nat just has um, a plethora of experience on the ice, but also just life experience in general, especially, you know, uh, pressure situations being in the military, uh, similar to my background. And, and I, I think this is going to be awesome. And I'm looking forward to getting uh, the, st- the ball rolling on this podcast again. Yeah. So Nat, any, uh, anything you want to add before we uh, call it a day? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, uh, you know, if anybody's got other stuff they want to talk about, send, send a message. Uh, but I really, uh, the reason that I came back to hockey is because it gave me so much, uh, especially officiating. Um, and I've been to some really cool places and met, 
you know, some really great friends throughout my life and uh, everyone should have the opportunity to be able to do the same uh, and to be able to, you know, be able to reconnect. So, uh, you know, and I know that, uh, that Ross and I both, um, we're trying to get some of our other friends, uh, to be, you know, to be guests, to be guests on the show with us, um, who have similar stories and all, uh, if for nothing more than to, to kind of like, you know, the, that that you see all this kind of terrible stuff on Facebook and and all Mm -hmm. about how like the abuse and everything else like that, but this is still a great, this is still a great community and a great job and, and absolutely like, it is you know, something absolutely. to be a part of. Uh, and, and, and I don't really, you know, I'll say, something, I don't want to talk about that stuff because it seems like everybody else talks about the, uh, the abuse stuff and everything else. So mm-hmm. if we want to talk about, I mean, it's going to come up because that's just the sure. nature of the beast that we live in, you know? Yeah, well, absolutely. But uh, now but, what we can do is talk about how we handle it. Yeah. You know, and how so. you come back, right? Like it's, yep. and you always come back. Um, yep resiliency is is a huge thing and it's you know like for us like resiliency wasn't an option right like yeah you know like with you know the training that we get in the military it's you're resilient and it's forced down your throat and that's what you just have to be so and and maybe a lot of guys aren't um you know trained in that stuff and that's other things that that's also going to come up and we're going to try to talk about and 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 try to teach some some resiliency training maybe some uh you know how how to handle that stuff so and I, you know I, i'll say the best uh the best supervisor for that that i ever had was kevin upton because i would have a bad yeah. game and he literally changed the schedule for tomorrow and put me as a referee for the same two teams and i was like what are you doing and he was like you're gonna figure it out buddy yeah right? and then it was like okay cool hey that one didn't go well he's like awesome well they're playing again on friday so drive up here and, and you're gonna <laughs> and do it again do it again you know <laughs> and suddenly like like and it <laughs> man like but he's also an old army guy so yeah you know anyway yep that's all i got that said i uh i I think i hear the dog too yeah (laughs) yeah i've got the the pit bull he's kind of hanging out he's he's whining a little bit because his his ball got stuck under the couch that i'm oh no (laughs) so yeah well with that we're gonna go ahead and close the podcast uh i appreciate everyone uh listening uh, sorry for the gap of like 10 months, but uh, that won't happen again. And uh, again, thanks for listening and we will catch you guys uh, in a few weeks.